Hey, everybody watching on Facebook and those that are going to be watching later on, we want to welcome you to this week's episode of the Get Your Geek On podcast for the week of September 15th, 2017. As always, we are your hosts, Chuck Hewatt, Robert Dilts, and I'm Anthony Arsenio. And continuing in our weekly artist spotlight interviews, we had Joe Starron from Honest Trailers last week, and we really upped the game this week, guys. We are bringing on a true heavy hitter in the DC Comics world. So we're going to jump right into it, folks. We've been advertising it all day. We have Ethan Van Siever, DC legendary artist with us on the line. Ethan, how are you today, my friend? I'm good. How are you guys? Absolutely phenomenal. We want to thank you so much for coming on the show. It's an honor to have someone of your caliber on our humble little abode here. But first of all, I just want to thank you for taking the time to come out. Where are you uh, talking to us from today, Ethan? I live in Marlton, New Jersey. Marlton, New Jersey? Yeah. Ah. We have a New Jersey right here. Okay. I'm originally, Is that right? I'm originally from Montclair up north. So, <laughs> the big difference between North Jersey and South Jersey. Yes, like, yeah. <laughs> so much that they make jokes about it. <laughs> So now, Ethan, uh, for those of you that don't know, Ethan is an extremely big-time artist in the D.C. world. For those of you that may not know his name, you definitely know his work. If you've ever read the Sinestro Corps War, or more importantly, Flash Rebirth, which we have right in front of here, one of the pivotal Flash stories of all time by Jeff Johns and Ethan, his seminal works. And now, Anthony, I know you're a big fan as well. Tell us a little bit about some of your favorite Ethans. Oh, man, Blackest Night. Which we can't, anybody that knows, that's my favorite storyline of all time. Oh, so yeah. I can't even dig into that. But so, I mean, how did you stumble? What's like one of the first pieces of his that you've picked up? Oh, man. I've been reading Green Lantern since Jeff Johns and Ethan did that first rebirth book. So I've just been a big fan for years. It's been a long time. And I'm very that's familiar great. with your work, Ethan. So now, Ethan, uh, one of the things that we do like to know is that uh, one of your first major works at DC was Impulse, and Anthony wanted to know, um, will we see Bart Allen again ever? Do you think that's a character that you could ever see yourself drawing again? Oh, I would love to. I drew him in um, Flash Rebirth, which yep. was a lot of fun, and I think one of, um, one of the things that uh, we wanted to do at the end of that story, which all ended up getting wiped away with um, the, the Flash story that came next, Flashpoint. But we wanted to bring back um, Bart Allen and Max Mercury and, and kind of have them be together again. Oh, uh, and that would have been awesome. I, well, they're in the book. I mean, you know, they're, they, they get together in the book. I think I did a variant cover with them, and it felt really good. Um, and then um, to, to make a new impulse. And I think Wally's little girl, Irie, Irie West, or was it Irie Allen? I think it was Irie mm-hmm. West. Or maybe, I think it was Allen, actually. I can't. It would have been Ivory West. It's, yeah, it was Wally. West. Okay, yeah. So Ivory West was uh, going to be the new impulse, and she was for about two issues, and then they wiped it away. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, <laughs> <laughs> I thought she would have been great. Um, so I, you know, I would love to draw Alan again. He's a character that's very close to my heart. That's awesome. Uh, so uh, moving on, I just had a personal question. I got to know what is it like to work with Grant Morrison. Oh wow! Uh, um, well, it was a while ago. That was that was uh, fifteen years ago now. Jeez, um, it was uh, it was very it was very strange. Like his scripts are uh, so thoughtful and um, almost like I, I used to say back then that his, his scripts kind of read like a dream interpretation. Like he, he woke up out of a dream and he wrote it all down verbatim. And there's a lot of beautiful imagery. I actually wish like. You know, I know he's written a lot of things, but I, I wish that they would publish the scripts for New X-Men that we actually worked from because they would be a lot of fun just to read on their own and, and just see the, you know, the way he described these images to us uh, as artists to draw. Um, he is a very, very, very nice fellow. Very nice. I had some good conversations with him um, when we were together. And, and you know, the the... the thing that people remember from my new x-men run was the, the practical joke that i played where you know i hid the word sex on and every, every issue yeah and <laughs> it was funny <laughs> grant morrison saw me right after that kind of became public information and he took me aside and kind of put his armor on my shoulder and i thought he was going to yell at me and he was just like why didn't you tell me you were doing that that was hilarious <laughs> name was sublime and then kind of subliminal he thought he thought it was great so i felt better about it that's awesome uh, 
Yeah, a, a really good guy. I would love to work with him again, but it was the pressure is on. I, when I when I got that job, I was very young. I I just finished Impulse and Flash Iron Heights. I was a very inexperienced artist, and I knew that I wasn't ready for that job. But when you get a job like that, it makes you rise to the challenge. You know, now, one thing way, I wanted so. to ask you, Ethan, now, Flash Rebirth is, my hands down, my favorite Flash storyline of all time, but for those of you that don't know, Barry Allen had been gone for a very, very long time in the comics before you guys decided to, to bring the storyline back. So, I mean, what was it like knowing that you were going to be the person that was chosen to bring back such an iconic character after, you know, a 25-year absence? Oh, it was terrific. Now, you have to understand one thing. I mean, this was a, this was a big turning point. Um, in my career, because Jeff and I had been developing Blackest Night together this whole time, um, you know, uh, from a 3 a.m. phone call where I just, I, you know, I called him up and was just like, now listen, you're going to think I'm crazy, but, you know, why isn't there a Blue Lantern core and a Red Lantern core and yeah. you know, all this stuff? <laughs> and we just hashed it out over the phone. And he had this idea already in his head about the Blackest Night, which he thought would be zombies returning and they became black lanterns because of this new spectrum we were building so that was all his idea and i started building you know all these different lantern cores so this was a big thing i was doing all the designs in the meantime i mean we were hot stuff at dc i mean hot stuff they loved us they loved the idea for blackest night everyone when when you told somebody who was working at dc in editorial about the idea their eyes would like widen. They knew it was hot. They knew it was a good idea. Um, and so at the same time, like I'm using these opportunities I have to be close to Dan DiDio to say to him, you know, look, the Flash franchise that Jeff and I love so much, it's faltering. This is like, you guys keep trying to relaunch it. I think they made Bart Allen the Flash. They yeah. grew him up. For a little quick. bit, and yeah. That, that didn't work out. And then they, Mark Wade came back. Great Mark Wade, a great Flash writer came back and tried to do something different by giving Wally these two kids, and that didn't work out. And it just seemed to, to keep falling apart. I said, why don't you just let us bring Barry Allen back? And every time I said that, and I think a lot of artists were saying, please, let's bring back Barry. Every time I said that, like, Dan and whoever from D.C. that I was talking to would be like, look, you know, Barry died an honorable death in crisis. And, I mean, he died a hero. And he's the been first dead issue so that ever made me cry. Yeah. I, it meant a lot to a lot of people. I mean, it, it really did. So, you know, it seemed like sacrilege. And I finally said to him, I, I said, uh, you know, Dan, um, it's been, I think it's been 25 years since that story. And so there's a whole new generation of Flash fans that are 25 years old, theoretically, who never met Barry Allen, don't remember that story. And so that story doesn't mean anything to them. But they do. They are aware of the fact that there's the Silver Age Barry Allen Flash character that kind of matches the Silver Age Hal Jordan Green Lantern character. We need to have them both back because they're it's it's like Batman and Superman almost. You know, it's the next tier of Silver Age DC. Mm -hmm. So um, he still said no to me. <laughs> <laughs> like that impassioned speech. No, no, no. But anyway, so we're doing Blackest Night, and Jeff Johns calls me up. And he said, I remember this vividly. I remember this felt like this felt like the bones were ripped out of my body all at once. I just sank into my sofa. He said, Ethan, good news. DC is letting us bring back Barry Allen as the Flash. We're going to do Flash Rebirth. And I was like, yes! You know, like, so, so we'll do Blackest Night and then we'll do Flash Rebirth, two in a row. And he's like, no, they're going to come out at the same time. So you got to pick one. That's and I was like, Oh, no, you know, so it's just like I had a choice at that point. And I was like, I'm going to pray. I'm literally going to get on my knees and pray to God. Like, which choice do I make here? Because I know Black is going to be an enormous hit. On the other hand, Flash Rebirth might be better long term. I could be the guy who brought back both of these characters, you know. Um, so I ended up just you can you guys can do Blackest Night with Ivan and I'm going to do Flash Rebirth. <laughs> And I felt sick to my stomach. I really did. Um, but long term, my 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 talk with, uh, with uh, my friends, I just kind of said, I, I can always come up with another Green Lantern event with Jeff, big event. Uh, only one person's going to get to be the guy who brought back Barry Allen, and I want that to be me. Um, that so is a, that's Sophie's choice right there. Though. Oh, yeah. So bad. It was Sophie's choice. 
Um, so to this day, like I see Blackest Night stuff and it hurts my gut a little bit, but I, I got to do a little bit. I got to do some designs. I did some variant covers and things for it, and I supervised the event in some ways. Um, but I am the guy who brought back Barry and Hal. So it's incredible. And, and just touching on Blackest Night quickly, I mean, anybody that listens to the show knows it's hands down my favorite storyline of all time. I own every issue, every variant, every iteration of anything to do with that story. But one of the things I love about it, and to hear you guys talk about the ideas, it's the first true entire universe crossover in the way that for six months every superman issue that she got batman like it all had their tie-ins that made perfect sense into the larger story i've never seen anything that had so many little parts that came together into such a cohesive story but then again creating the other lantern cores as i've grown up a diehard lantern fan i'm wearing my sinestro ring but the idea of the other lantern cores was so just mind-numbing of like how could no one have ever thought of that before and the way that you guys you know gave them a different tie to each emotional part of the spectrum was just absolutely insane but i, I totally understand that it's Decision to go with the flash now robert speaking of the flash we love the cw shows here a little bit so robert touch on that as far as like what you'd like to see what characters particularly ones that you have drawn would you like to see in the cw universe Ooh. well i mean a lot of them have already been there i mean the, the good news is that uh, you know i co-created these flash characters these villains um most of them in iron heights if you've mm -hmm. read that um, you know, I co-created them with Jeff over a, an amazing weekend where, again, we used to get on the phone and it was just like magic. It was just magic. We'd come up with wonderful ideas and we'd be excited about them. Um, I think Murmur was already on Green Arrow um, and mm. a lot of these other characters. I, I would like to see a nice version of Girder, big, rusty metal Girder, mm -hmm. you know, Iron Heights. I think he would be terrific. Um, I think the prison does exist in the in the CW universe now, doesn't it? Do it does, but it's not like a superhero prison prison, you know, type. They have like maybe one or two. They really don't go there. And I remember like most of them were in at least in the Flash TV show. They were storing them in the uh, pipeline. Pipeline, yeah, yeah. That's where the, that's where all the villains are. That's like uh, that's hard punishment. That's hard time down there. Um, I don't know. I, I mean. Most of the characters that I've created that I really, really love and have affection for are all in the Green Lantern universe. And so I'm waiting for the Green Lantern movie um, in 2020 oh, yeah. and hoping it broadens out to a big mm -hmm. franchise so I can see Atrocitus. And yeah. hopefully he'll be as good as he does on that video game that mm -hmm. just came out. The Lantern movie is all that I have to live for at this point. Now, Ethan, I just want to jump in real quick. We do have some fans that are watching live online, and uh, two of them did submit questions earlier, so I just want to uh, come in uh, from Tim Thompson from our page. Writes, uh, who's an artist or a writer that you've not had the chance to collaborate with yet, but that you would really like to at some point? Well, artists are people I compete with, so I, I don't want to collaborate with any artists. <laughs> like... Honest man. Yeah. <laughs> Um, writers, boy, so many. I mean, I, I hope to get a Scott Snyder script at some point. Um, mm. Tom King is marvelous. I really like Tim Seeley, and I'm glad to see that he's over writing some Green Lantern stuff. Um, Dan Jurgens, I'd love to work with him on some Superman. Ooh. I can go on. I mean, I really, you know, um, the great thing about being a comic book artist, and I, I mean, a lot of people are like, when are you going to write for yourself? Like, uh, you know, Tony does, and, and Shane Davis just started doing it. And it's like, well, I, I'm not, I, I don't feel like I'm smart enough to write for myself, A. But B, um, when there's so much great talent out there, so many brilliant writers, it's why it's like a banquet. You know, you get to pick all these, these wonderful collaborators to work with. And uh, I don't think there's anyone currently working at DC that I don't want to work with. Um, Good that, answer. You know, <laughs> It's more like character. Oh, um, um, you know, Josh Williamson um, is fantastic. Ben Percy. I mean, these guys, the, this new new breed of writers that came on with Rebirth are just magnificent. So I'm going to get around. And there you go. <laughs> so we have a Mount Rushmore here of comic creators, and the probably the main head of that Mount Rushmore is Jeff Johns, For who sure. you've collaborated with many times. Uh, we just want to know what is it like to work with. The DC Comics Jesus. <laughs> All hail Jeff Jones. <laughs> uh, I, I could write. I could write pages. I could write a, a love song to Jeff Johns in a, in a very you know. All right, let's hear it. Let's hear that song. Um, but he is. Uh, 
I mean, I, I, Jeff and I started working at DC at exactly the same time. And we, mm. were, we were newbies. I was doing Impulse, and he was doing Stars and Stripe, and he had done something called Day of Justice. I think, what was it called? Uh, oh, I can't remember. I think I want to call it Day of Justice, but it was a four-part miniseries. Um, and, uh, you know, we, we spoke the whole time. He, he came and did a fill-in on Impulse that I wasn't able to draw. We were disappointed about that, but I did the cover. And then we just planned to work together. Um, I feel like uh, I, I've always felt like Jeff Johns is the uh, captain of the football team. Yeah, uh, extremely optimistic. He's a, he's he cheers you on. Got great ideas. He's receptive to your ideas. I, I think he's read every single DC comic that's ever happened because he knows everything. It's and now yeah, I believe that. Same. Yeah. And his recall, like he'll instantly just pull it up. Oh, you remember issue thirty-seven of this? Guy? Like it's yeah. insane. That's what I mean. I would have to chase. Like he'd be like, "Okay, so for this, we're going to do this, this, and this," and I would have to read up because I was a Marvel fan growing mm. up. Boom. So a lot of these characters, you know, they were new to me, and I, I had to learn them on the job. Mm-hmm. And read, he was telling me to read, um, but to me that was great. I had a fresh take on everything. I wasn't like, "Hey, I got to do this the way Neil Adams did it." Now, do it brand new for guys. Um, and he's just, he's got a great sense of humor. He's extremely kind. And uh, he deserves everything he's got. You know what I mean? I, you know, you see him, you see him wildly succeeding. And he deserves every single bit of it because he worked so hard for it. And he, um, I wish you were writing. That's my one regret. That makes me very sad. I, I wish he would write some more comics. I'm so excited to read Doomsday Clock with him coming oh, back, yeah. though. Like that's going to be a great one. He okay. polishes everything now. I mean, you know, he uh, he called me about DC Rebirth last year, and it was just like I'm coming back. We're doing this thing called Rebirth, and that means you you have to be involved. And I was trying to finish this Green Lantern miniseries. I you know I had been kind of like. Uh, I don't know, like like slow and not not meeting deadlines for so long because I just had a, uh, I, I just went through a divorce, you know, and so I was kind of like eh, not really feeling myself. And then I kind of said, I, I picked myself up and said, okay, I'm going to treat this as though I just broke in and I'm going to say yes to everything. I'm going to meet every deadline and I'm really going to be a workhorse for DC Comics and get myself back to where I want to be, which is back on Hal Jordan. Mm. So they finally gave me this DC Green Lantern miniseries, and I was three issues into a six-issue mini, and doing well. I mean, meeting every deadline and, and, and doing good work. And Jeff called me like, we got to yank you off of that because you got to do this thing with me. It's Rebirth, and you need to be there. And what miniseries like, oh, was it? Uh, the Edge of Oblivion or Lost Lanterns? It was called Edge of Oblivion, yeah. So I got three issues into it. Jeff's done that to me like three times <laughs> in my career. He pulled me off of Batman Superman um, to do Sinestro Corps. It's always great. You know, it's always like he put me. He That's a good me, move, though. Yeah, it was a nice move. It was like, oh, OK, yeah, great idea. So um, now with Sinestro Corps War, it, it was amazing to debut, you know, an entire new core against the Green Lantern mythos, which hadn't really been done before with Sinestro only having the ring. But going into Blackest Night, one of the coolest things I think about that storyline was the idea of the deputy lanterns, getting to see Flash as a blue lantern, Wonder Woman as Sapphire. I've seen you do some cool artwork with different characters as lanterns, but if you had gotten the chance to, you know, to draw a couple of characters, God forbid they ever did an Elseworlds tale, what character would you kind of lanternize to, to run for a story arc? What character would you like to see brought into a lantern core? Oh, I mean, Red Lantern, Hawkman. Oh! That's uh, a good one. Know, there's so many guys. I mean, the thing about it was was what was what was getting Jeff and I buzzed about this whole thing early on was I was saying the the great thing about this is the fact that it's it's uh, interchangeable and it's going to make the fans' imaginations go crazy because for every DC superhero and villain, and not only that, for every Marvel hero and villain, mm. okay, if you want imaginary fan fiction, there are seven, seven, eight. There's ten lantern cars now. From white to black of, uh, you know, the rings that these characters can put on. Their costumes change, their look change, their attitude changes. You imagine Wolverine with a red lantern ring. You imagine Batman with a red lantern ring. I mean, you know, yellow lanterns. All this Mm. stuff. 
And we knew that the fans were going to be drawing this stuff for themselves. Mm. And that we knew it was going to be a hit. Now, if you can let, if you can create something like that where the fans get involved and their imaginations go crazy and they're drawing in their notebooks and they're giving you sample drawings, you, you've got a hit. You've evolved. Mm-hmm. Um, and I love mashups. I don't know about you guys. Do you like those songs where they mash up oh, songs? Oh, absolutely. <laughs> absolutely. I love that. So I love the same thing with like superheroes too. I mean, you know, Amalgam like was they- one of my favorite comic book arcs of all time because Iron Lantern. The idea of seeing Hal Jordan and Tony Stark mashed up into one character was just like the coolest thing on the planet to me. Mm. Yeah, yeah. So I mean, I, that kind of turns me on. I really like it. So uh, you know, I, I would do. I would never stop doing that until the fans told me to stop. If I had a chance, I mean, I would love to do like, you know, um, Brainiac. Like the robot Brainiac as mm. a um, lantern, um, just it up, and I, I, uh, I'm just looking at the action figures on my wall right now. And then <laughs> I would never stop. So let me ask. I think I know the answer to this, but who is your favorite Green Lantern? Dun, dun, dun. And why is it Guy Gardner? <laughs> You're not kidding. You know, it's like that's a tough question. I love them all. I, and I really don't have... I like to draw Kilowog the best. Let's put it that way. Nice. Come on, Bruiser. Happy. But these guys are my brothers. I I didn't know them when I started my this job. I knew that Green Lantern was a lot like Star Trek in the sense that they have an extremely loyal fan and a huge fan base. Mm-hmm. Um, that it's loyal, but I don't know, like 30% of it will drift off if it's bored. Mm-hmm. Um and so I kind of got my own ideas about everybody. And I remember drawing Green Lantern Rebirth number one, having this idea about Hal Jordan and him being kind of King Arthur, um, having Guy Gardner mm. be this kind of, um, military, like, jarhead, but a jackass, and, and having John Stewart be this man of tremendous dignity, like... Um, uh, you know, very well, very classy, and having to put up with Guy Gardner in that scene where they're they're walking to the ballpark together to possibly see Hal, Hal's ghost. Um, you know, Kyle Rayner being kind of a Calvin Klein model, like a younger guy, very liberal and, and a sweet kid, mm-hmm. um, very artsy, and and Kilowog just being this gigantic pig gorilla grunt, like like you know. Drill sergeant that snorts air out of his nose, and <laughs> I just, I, you know, all of these characters. Every time Jeff would give them to me, um, they felt so richly drawn and so vivid in his description that I don't know if they were ever this way in the comics prior. Because believe it or not, I tried not to read very much. I tried to just invent. Um, I tried to take my own feelings about these characters as I was reading them and decide who they were for myself and represent them to a new audience. And so even today, when I'm drawing Hal Jordan in the Green Lantern Corps, I'm drawing a scene right now that actually flashes back from after the Sinestro Corps War. Like, it flashes back to the moment after that's over. Remember when the buildings all lit up green? And oh, spoiler, yeah. everyone who hasn't read it. Everyone in code <laughs> Ten years still. And, you know, I, I get to draw uh, John and Guy and Kyle. Kyle's wearing his suit, his old older suit, okay? And they're in the air over Coast City making plans to make things better again. You know, and John's building a skyscraper with cranes, like construct cranes. Mm-hmm. That means, like, it's all those, I have to draw it all taken apart and intricate, and you can see through his constructs. Mm-hmm. And Guy is planning to build a beautiful, like, um, you know, rock garden in the middle of the city. And John, or Guy Gardner is sitting there hoping to open a new Warriors bar. And all this stuff, like, I know these guys. I know these guys. And, and you know, recently we made Kyle Rayner give up his White Lantern garb yeah. and become... I was devastated. I was devastated. Are you serious? I lo- I just love the idea of the White Lantern, the fact that there was only one. So that was just, I love that idea. But but, but guy, he's, you can't, it's like sending your brother away. You know, it's like he, he needs to come back. They're brothers. They're I get why they did it, but it was just sad yeah. to see that. Yeah, I, yeah that was one of those things for, as a, oh, it was just really sad because uh, all the things he had to do to get to that point and just to see it get taken away. Yeah. Oh. Uh, listen, the White Lantern power is still out there, and you never know what's going to happen next. But I'll tell you something. I got goosebumps drawing him the way um, Daryl Banks, that amount to be. 
And and the thing about it is, is that there it is. Yeah. Mm-hmm. The thing about it is, is this, guys. And Green Lantern fans may disagree with me, and that's okay. Um, rebirth, which is what we're still in the middle of. Okay, because this, this is, is still incredible. DC's rebirth. Um, the original rebirth was all about Jeff and I saying, okay. These characters have been around, they've been through a lot of different iterations, but what we're going to do is we're going to bring them back and restore them to the way we think. And like I said, fans can disagree. You can you can think the Guy Gardner Warrior is way better than the you know crisis version of Guy Gardner if you want to, but the way we feel they were when they were at their best and the most beloved. And so uh, I'm going to say something that uh, you know, uh, might be a little bit controversial. I feel like Daryl Banks is a goddamn genius who is not getting his... He's getting overlooked. A little bit, okay? If you're going to go through Green Lantern history and you're going to really make a list of decade by decade, each Green Lantern creator who contributed the most to the franchise, you've got you've got Marty Nodell, okay? But you've got um, Gil Kane. You've got Neil Adams in the 1970s. You've got Joe Staten in the 1980s with creating Arisia and Kilowog and Salak. And then in the 1990s, you've got the guy who created Parallax and Kyle Rayner and all of the stuff. I mean, just a whole new avenue, a whole new alleyway for Green Lantern. And that's Daryl Banks. Now, look what we did. I mean, it's like we deconstructed his character quite a bit over the years. I wanted to put it back because I love him. I love Daryl Banks. You always got to put the toys back in the box when you're done with them. Yeah, yeah. Look, he created a beautiful, like a cool, unique-looking Green Lantern. And that Green Lantern is Hal Jordan's brother. Mm -hmm. Hal Jordan's brother and Guy Gardner's brother. And we've sent him out to God knows where, dressed him in a white suit. We sent him to, you know, hell, essentially. And it's like, let's bring him back, let's make him part of the fold again, and let's put him in that uniform that people remember mm-hmm. for a decade, mm-hmm. you know, for a decade, and a decade and a half, possibly, he was in that uniform. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and getting to draw that cover was probably the best moment for me mm. of this new Rebirth relaunch. Drawing him in that cover and having him say, hey guys, what do you think? on the front cover like he did when he first had that uniform, when he first created it. Uh, it made me happy. I, I hope it made fans happy, too. I'm looking at your faces. None of you are happy. Oh, no, I, was, no, I will say for this much, for that cover, that's the first cover in years that I had to call my local comics or for my subscription be like, make because DC's doing the A B cover and B cover now. So I was like, make sure you have a pristine copy of that. Just because of the simple fact that the pose was so iconic. There's actually a cover like that in the early 90s where it's just the other direction but he's putting it in the lantern. But the fact that you had him with the long hair, that was iconic. So as much as I was devastated to see him go as a white lantern, I had to rush out to get that issue, and it hangs proudly on my wall. So, Ethan, speaking of things that are uh, that make you happy to draw, I have to ask, um, how satisfying was it to draw Hal Jordan finally just punching out Batman, making him shut up? <laughs> well, I'm a Batman fan, so it wasn't, it wasn't that great, but um, <laughs> I, I have <laughs> I love Batman. I'll watch anything that Batman is related to Batman. Um, but Batman was the villain of that story. And um, and he was. I mean, there was parallax and everything. But Batman, and Batman was the voice. And Jeff knew he was doing He wasn't the villain. That's the wrong thing to say. He was the voice of doubt. He was the one that was saying, you can't have Hal Jordan back. He was, he was the voice of the fans at the time who were saying how murdered all these people, like these negative people who were like, how can never come back? He can never be Green Lantern again. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'll spent five issues. Was it five or six? Did that, uh, that happened in issue six. How spent five issues and then went on to issue six, proving that he deserved to be back, proving that he was framed. Um, that he, um, everything that you thought that he had done, he was innocent of. And you still had Batman saying, you expect me to believe all this? You expect me to believe that you're, you're back and you're Hal Jordan and you're good and you're innocent again? And mm-hmm. he just said, I don't care what you believe, and socked him in the jaw. I mean, it was, it was kind of cathartic, yeah. It was like, we're going to have Green Lantern back, damn it, whether you like it or not. Mm-hmm. Now, Ethan, you've drawn so many different storylines. Uh, now, from Flash <laughs> and, and Green Lantern, I have to ask, what's your favorite Splash page that you've drawn for both? 
from from Green Lantern? Oh, I don't know. I mean, there's there's nothing like that feeling of just that flipping that comic page and that big reveal on an awesome splash page. I mean, and Sinestro had so many incredible ones, but there's got to be something that's close to your heart that you absolutely love seeing that get published in the pages. Well, um, I don't. To be honest with you, I don't look backwards very often because I'm afraid of what I'll see. I like to move, <laughs> forward, but um, I, I I remember drawing in, in Greenland and Rebirth. I remember a moment where it was all working, and that was this double page spread where you it, it was individual images of each lantern making their ring work in a unique and individual way. And um, not all of them were right. Like looking back, I mean, Guy Gardner or not Guy Gardner, Kyle Rayner using a big gigantic construct hand to draw something to sketch something, a little too on the nose, and I wouldn't have done that a second time. But almost everything else in that panel, especially, I I loved drawing John Stewart's constructs mm. because I used to draw every single little rivet in there, and then when it was color held by the colorist, it looked so amazing to me. I was mm. always thrilled by it. everything. Looked like uh, an architectural kind of. Um, uh, drawing and and because, you know I still try to do that when I because that was his to... background and I think that was one of the, I'm sorry to me to cut you off that was one of the most interesting things that uh, in the mythos everybody always liked John Stewart's constructs because he thought about it from the inside out so he would think yeah. about the little rivets he would think about the construct and you know from everything with his architectural mind to build it and make it happen so that they were solid he um, knew everything building inside and out and he, he put it all together everything was perfectly detailed and ordered because you know john stewart was a man of order which is why he's the leader of the green lantern corps now because he is the man of order and discipline so all of his constructs reflect that and hal jordan is more of a no-nonsense kind of guy so i would never some people still do this and i i reject it i, I don't have hal jordan making funny things like elephants Mm-hmm. He doesn't do that. He's like, what What gets the job done? Simple. What shape can I make that will get the job done? So if I'm if I'm pushing someone away, it might very literally be a hand, just because that, that comes to mind. It's an extension of his uh, what he's thinking. But if he's picking something up, he might just use chopsticks, like two big kind of, you know, um, or just <laughs> very simple basic shapes rather than funny things. Kyle Rayner's the guy who makes choo-choo trains and things because he's an artist. Mm-hmm. Awesome. Now, Ethan, one thing that I do want to just touch on, I got two more questions for you here before we let you get out of here. Uh, so just quickly, other than the, the Green Lantern Corps, what is your favorite Lantern Corps, and is there a Lantern Corps that you would like to create if you ever got the chance? Is there one more that you guys wanted to add in that never got made or anything like that? <laughs> Another color. Well, first of all, I will say this. There's no such color as indigo. And I don't know how that ended up on the spectrum, but it is on the spectrum. So that if you yes. really look at it, like, indigo is a combination of, it's like in between blue and purple. Purple. And that doesn't make any sense. Okay, there's no such thing as a color in between that. But anyway, it's there. So we have an indigo lantern. Um, it's kind of like saying Pluto is a planet. Is it? We're not really sure. Um, but commonly we think of it that way. Um, my favorite Lantern Corps to draw will always be the Sinestro Corps because I love Sinestro. I think um, I feel that character. Um, I created him and, and um, as a, recreated him as dark, malevolent, imperial force that, that made me think of Darth Vader and Hitler and just the worst people in history. This icy, cold, impassive, arrogant monster who thinks he's better than everyone and who is um, a, a genocidal tyrant. Um, you guys had the a, greatest moment of all, though, between him and, and Hal, though, at the end of Sinestro Corps, where, when he asked him, like, were we ever truly friends? And then Sinestro says to him, he's like, that's the tragedy of all of this, Jordan. We'll always be friends. Like, that, well, to me, the, the, the dynamic that you guys created between Hal and Sinestro isn't something that really existed in, you know, the early 60s and 70s. Sinestro was always just portrayed as almost a campy villain. And you guys brought yeah. a sense of not only humanity, but a sense of relatability to a character that we had never really seen before. He's a fallen angel. He's Satan. Yeah, I always he's- figured Sinestro was like the Doctor Doom of the DC Universe. Yeah, in, in a sense, yeah. In a sense, he, mm, he's some better ideas. Yeah. He's ideas for how to run things. And don't we all? Yep. But he's got ideas for how to run things, and he thinks that the way the Guardians are doing it is wrong. 
it's okay. I mean, you know, Green Lantern Corps is fine, but he's fear is a better way to keep the universe in control. Fear. And that's his whole theme, and it's, it's led to murder and, and all kinds of darkness and death, and he's just a, a really, really deep character. I love his uh, group of, uh, his core, because mm. I, I, I really wanted to do more with them. I, I just haven't had a chance, but mm. I mean, terrorists. I mean, these, these things are all like, they're, they're t intergalactic terrorists, and I, I want to show them actually strengthening Sinestro by creating fear. Mm -hmm. um, and actually show that on a, on a small scale. Like, what can Crib do? I mean, Crib is this creature who will crawl into bedrooms and steal babies and just keep them in her back, you know? <laughs> and, um, I, as a new parent, there's nothing more terrifying than someone stealing my infant. I can't imagine that. Um, so just fear that that character would generate strengthens Sinestro's ring. Now, if you've got 7,200 Sinestro Corps members all over the universe all doing awful things like that to empower one man, I mean, that's a, it's just a great theme. It's a great theme. I love it. Um, so I love Yellow Lanterns. I, I, don't, I don't know if I have anything. I don't know if there would be possible to create another Lantern Corps. I can't think of another color that... I always rainbow. think gold would be a good one, but we'll see. Or pink. Silver. <laughs> <laughs> um, now, just lastly, another uh, fan question here, and then Anthony's got a question. We'll get you out of here. Uh, so, from Brian Stefanian, is there a character for DC that you've not had the chance to draw yet that you hope to do in the immediate future? Uh, I've, I've drawn them all in, like all of them, in little bits and pieces. Like you know, like Aquaman, I did a couple covers, but I never did much of Aquaman. Uh, I would like to do some Aquaman. I would love to do Plastic Man. Papa. Oh yeah. At Classic Man is like one of my favorite characters. Send him my way. They brought him back, bringing him back, so it, it's looking like it, it could be more and more likely. Um, Plastic Man and Hawkman. I got to get my hands on the Hawks. Both mm -hmm. Hawkman, bro, because I would uh, love to see I, your take on something weird like Animal Man or Swamp Thing. A lot of people say Swamp Thing to me. I'm not interested. I, I, I mean, I could get interested if you like. Like there are characters like the Atom that I'm like, eh. But if you say, Ethan, your job is to draw the atom, I I'm going to get into it. Mm -hmm. um, I was talking to Shane Davis once, and Shane Davis was like, what if the atom had to fight a zombie plague at the virus level? And I was like, oh, my God, what a great idea. Actually fighting the virus itself. Um, that'd be terrific. So I, I could get into anything, um, but the Hawks I want because... I want to draw, I don't know, I think they're beautiful. And I want to draw their wings, like, to, to be, I, I want to draw the, the, the markings of an, a real hawk on those wings and, and try to try to add something to them. Awesome. Um, they're two angels, two just vision, like violent angels. <laughs> um, I don't know, I get, I get excited about characters if I think about them. I can do anything. We just had a, a Facebook comment that the idea of a gold lantern core being created by the government would be a good idea of them trying to figure out how to replicate lantern technology but um so yeah i think that is going to wrap things up for us here ethan but we want to give fans a chance to uh, get to know you a little bit better so can you tell us where they can find you follow you on twitter if you have an official website anything like that and uh some upcoming projects where they can get out into the comic shops and uh get some hands on some ethan van Siever artwork okay so guys two instagram um accounts one is ethan van Skyver, the other one is van Skyver ethan they're both me um, one was created by my son, but now I took over it. So I have two, comments. I have two Facebook accounts. One is Ethan Van Skyver, and the other is Ethan Daniel Van Skyver. Ethan Daniel Van Skyver still has like a thousand slots open. So if you want to send me a friend request, I will accept you there. Ethan Van Skyver is filled up. So those are the two places to get a hold of me. I hope to get around and see you guys at conventions next year. This year, as I mentioned. I'm a, I'm a new dad. I've got a, a one-and-a-half-year-old daughter at home, so I'm staying home. Congratulations. Oh, thank you. It's, it's great. I mean, I'm, you know, I'm an old dad. I'm 43, but it's uh, she's keeping me young. Um, and uh, so I hope to get out and see you guys next year when she's old enough to travel with me a little bit more. Um, awesome. But love you all. Thank you for your support. Oh, Ethan, are you kidding me? It is an honor to have you on the show. We hope at some point to have you draw us as lanterns for our logo for the show. I think that's what we're going to 
be saving up for at some point here. But uh, we'd love to have you back on at some point. But for everybody that's listening to the show now, make sure you check out Ethan's work. Make sure you check out the seminal works that are the Flash Rebirth and the Sinestro Core, and get out there and check out all of his body of work. It's truly incredible. Make sure you check out next week's episode where we have even more creators. And stay with us real tight. We'll be coming back with part two of the show for our news and segments. But for this week's Creators Corner interview with the amazing Ethan Manskyber, DC legendary artist, that's going to wrap things up for this week's episode. Ethan, it has truly been an honor, my friend. We wish you nothing but the best and look forward to seeing what the future has to come so, for you. And we're back. Bye. We want to thank you for those of us that joined us, but we're going to jump into part two of the Get You Geek on podcast, the meat of the show here. We go through the top news of the week. Wait, before we do that, I have to ask, did you watch Fast and the Furious? Wa- did you watch Planet of the so, Apes? I, did I watched not Fast and the Furious 4, and I'm halfway through Fast and the Furious 5. And you already love it. I I feel like I've been lobotomized at this point. <laughs> like, it's just, it's totally unbearable television. But okay. you've not, and what's I, the movie you had to watch? I was trying to explain none, this. None, because I watched no, both of them. No, you, no, no, there no. Was there was something we had to watch. No. I had to go back and the stream Kingsman. last week's You had to go watch oh, The Kingsman. Kingsman. You have to Kingsman. watch The Kingsman. Kingsman. So, no, I did not get a chance to go watch Planet of the Apes. I've been super busy here at BevCam. But uh, hopefully tomorrow I will sit down. Anthony gave me Saga. Brian, Stephanie, welcome. Uh, Anthony gave me Saga to read because I'm trying to get back into comics. And I'm also going to sit down and just go for the Planet of the Eight movies. And God Almighty, please help me. So <laughs> It's going to be awesome and you'll love it. You'll love it. Okay. Yes, Corbin is right. This is a separate post. Uh, the past couple of weeks we have been running interviews. So we like to do the interview as one part and then have people tune in for the meat of the show separately. Uh, and next week, uh, we did announce, but it was off air. So our guest next week will be none other than Michael Zapsick from the Comic Book Men and the Smodcast Kevin Smith family. So we'll be excited <laughs> to have him broadcasting live from Jane Silent Bob's Secret Stash. That'll be next Friday. And then, Anthony, would you like to announce your guest that is going to be coming in October for us? Oh, yeah. We have Josh Kalinske. He is one of the creators for the mobile game DC Legends. That'll be extremely exciting to have there. Uh, so what we're going to do is we're going to jump into some of the news of the week, and then intermittently we're going to be throwing out some quick little trivia hits and questions for you guys to get a chance to win some prizes. So I just want to start by saying I kind of did my little fan casting of the Green Lantern while we were talking to Ethan. I've never really had a chance to go over this, so I want to get your thoughts here. So for uh, John Stewart, I was thinking Sterling K. Brown, the guy from This Is Us. Uh, I'm trying to think what else you've seen him in. you definitely know him if you, if you saw him. Um, he's in Thor. He's in Black Panther coming up. Uh, I just think he would be an absolutely incredible John Stewart. But uh, John Krasinski, I was thinking for Hal Jordan. Yeah, that'd be good. Especially because he's gotten ripped. Like, yeah. the officer and like that. I think he would be absolutely incredible. And then, uh, so for Guy Gardner, Michael Cudlitz, the guy that played Abraham on uh, The Walking Dead. Okay. He wanted to go with like the bigger idea of Guy Gardner. But then uh, my Joseph Gordon-Levitt for Kyle Rayner. I really think that's a strong, but the whole like artistic background and everything, I think that would be absolutely incredible. What's up, Luis Lozano? Thanks for joining us, man. Welcome to the Get Your Geek Going podcast. Jamie, same with you. Love that you guys are joining us around. Tell us uh, in the comments your fan casting for the Green Lantern movie as well. I think that that would be really great to see. But you know who I was thinking, uh, for the CGI, but for the sake of the voice, if you're going to do St. Walker, the guy that plays Mycroft on... Uh, BBC Sherlock. Oh, you're talking about uh, uh, Mark, ah, the creator, Mark Gatiss. Yeah. Mark Gatiss. I yeah, think yeah, he'd yeah. be incredible for Saint Walker. Doctor Who writer. Yeah, Doctor. Tremendous. And then uh, Benedict Cumberbatch is one of the Guardians. Ooh. Mm, mm, <sighs> Maybe mm. Ganthet, but I always kind of saw them as a little squeakier. I don't no. know. I was going with it. But uh, so I'm going to start off here with a quick giveaway: a Red Hulk issue right here. Tell us who is the artist of the Atomic Comics. Red Hulk, number one variant. First person to correctly tell us the artist of the Atomic Comics Red Hulk number one variant is going to be the winner of this. And I'll give you a hint. He is a Massachusetts-based artist and one of my personal favorites. So what I'll do is uh, after the show, I will go through the comments here and I will tag people unless you get it immediately. But uh, I highly doubt that's going to happen. So first giveaway, Red Hulk number one. Who is the issue? Who is the artist? Atomic Comics variant. So, moving on to our quick hits of the week, we got our first look at the Hellboy movie, which is going to be coming out in 2019. And I got to tell you, I just thought it was a picture from one of the Ron Perman Hellboy yeah, movies. It's exactly not, like him. There's no difference at all other yeah, than the wait, long hair. Yeah, no, that that's just weird. I don't. It's not that I don't think Ron. I still feel that Ron Perlman should be playing the character. Uh, I, it's like under that heavy of makeup, I don't really care, especially the fact that this guy looks exactly like Ron Perlman. But David like Harbour? A, yeah, Harbour. But yeah, yeah, from Stranger Things. But I mean, my whole thing with it is just 
I don't really care about Hellboy that much. Wow. It's like I've seen the two iterations of him, but I don't know, man. Like I'd rather see the Abe Sapiens. It's the com- movie that It's never the comics. Happened. Is it? It's the comics. Yeah. Hellboy mm. looked good. Yeah, Brian. It w- it did look good, but like, we were just saying it just looks too much like the same. But, uh, I think you've... <laughs> Corbin thought it was him, too. So I love the interaction with you guys, too. So feel free to chime in. This is a really great addition for us every week. Um, but now moving in, we have to talk about it. John Wick got our official Coming out next year. Mm-hmm. Two years. Wait. Two years? Two years? Wait. Yeah, May of 2019. And it's confirmed that that's the final yeah. one. But we don't care. We knew that going in. Yeah. But, but cannot believe that that is finally getting a part three. It's going to be so exciting. And the it's, fact that it's getting a summer release date. That tells the, you that they're putting something Because the past yeah. two have been February. So yeah, yeah. Where so movies go to die. <laughs> well, no, it's not the movies go to die. It really, it always is, though. Like, when it's you see like, a movie coming out in January or February, you know the studio doesn't have faith in it. Hmm. And the first was the second. Second, I think the second Hellboy movie was actually the better of the two. For whoever commented that, uh, Corbin, Corbin Wood. I definitely. What do you think? I think Hellboy Two was better. Well, the goal, yeah, the Golden Army. Um, I really thought we were talking about John Wick. Yeah. Well, John Wick. <laughs> the, here's the thing: is where do you think they're going to go with Part Three? Is it him against like the whole Assassination Brotherhood? Do you think? Here's what I was thinking: I think Ian McShane is his dad. Ooh. I really do. Like the reason he gave him a head start, the reason he's been helping him, and everything else like that. It would make sense, and they look enough alike too. Yeah, that you could totally buy it. They both have that weird jaw. But I just, I don't. I'm excited Whoa. to see what they're going to do with it. I'm not that excited that we have to wait as long as we do for it. Um, it's also going to be opening up against episode nine. Oh, which was delayed. Did you? Oh no, episode nine was just delayed. So what am I thinking? You guys heard about that, right? Yeah. So we we lost another director. So let's just jump right into the meat of it here. Star Wars can't hold a director to save their lives. This is the fourth firing under Kathleen Kennedy. That's uh, no, it's going against Infinity War. Brian Savannah wrote, yeah, it's a John Wick opening up. Actually, it'll be a week after Infinity oh, War. Cause Infinity War is the first week of May. But uh, so, what do you guys think of Star Wars losing Colin Trevorrow as another director for "quote unquote" being difficult? Well, I didn't really with. care for Jurassic World, anyways. So I'm more than happy to see J.J. Abrams come back I think on board. It's, it's more important that J.J. is writing it too, which means yeah. they're scrapping everything that yep. Colin had. But because of that, they're moving the release date up six months back to a Christmas release date yeah. in 2019. Which I think I'd Star rather Wars see Star Wars at Christmas, Christmas, anyways. Yeah. yeah, it just gives you something to look forward to because yeah. I love the Christmas season every year. But like going to Force Awakens was so cool. Go, yeah. Going to yeah. Rogue One, like that was so. It's just something about like Snowfall. And Star Wars movies just seem to go together really well for me. But uh, not that exciting to me because of the fact that they were really, really close to starting this movie already. So, I mean, the fact that you have to do a complete page one rewrite. See, I feel um, the same way as I do about Game of Thrones. Uh, just take your time with it and do it well, and yeah. I'll be happy. Well, Game of Thrones, did you hear uh, what they're going to be doing? Yeah, so we'll trip right in that. So Game of Thrones is going to be shooting multiple endings now. Uh, stop leaks from coming out, kind of like the That's Walking great. Dead did. <laughs> I hope the I hope the Blu-ray has like a choose-your-own ending. That'd be you hilarious. Press a button on the controller. Controller. Like, just to see a bunch of different characters turn into <laughs> White Walkers. Like, like everybody is a White Walker, and yeah. then they just like do it really cheap and gaudy makeup. It's yeah, like yeah. awesome. yeah. <laughs> now, uh, New Mutants, which is filming here in Boston, is about to rep. And yes, we got our first winner. Louis Lozano wins the Red Hulk issue. It was Ed McGinnis, correct? Ed McGinnis. But uh, so New Mutants wrapping production on the first superhero horror movie. Seems like they shot that really quick. I think that yeah. was like a seven-week shoot. A couple weeks, yeah. Yeah, which is like insane. To Did you ever get to go uh, down there and catch them? I didn't. So that's why I'm telling you it's a real quick shoot because we were just talking about that. Yeah, yeah, last so week. That gives me a lot of trepidation. No, I, I, I'm going to say it. Fox doesn't know what they're doing with this. We now hear Stanley saying that they're trying to work to get the Marvel uh, is trying to get the X Men and Fantastic Four rights back, which I would buy some credence into because Fantastic Four comics are going to start coming out again. Marvel no, they're always doing the two. The they're bringing back the Marvel two in one, mm-hmm. which was an old series where they just did team ups, and the first arc, which is um, they have an awesome artist, uh, Jim Chung, and they have. Chip Zdarsky is going to write it, and he's a huge fan of the Fantastic Four, and the team-up is going to be the Human Torch and the Thing, and they're looking around for Sue and Reed and the two kids after you know, they seemingly disappeared at the end of Secret Wars. Mm-hmm. So that's going to be awesome. And our next prize that we're going to be doing as we give away here, this is a, a way for you guys to share these things, is the Blu-ray DVD combo pack of Passengers. And the way that you guys are going to be able to win that is by telling us in the Flash Rebirth series, drawn by the amazing Ethan Van Skyver, who does Flash kill with a simple touch? Tell us, who does the Flash kill with a touch in Flash Rebirth to win the Passengers Blu-ray DVD combo? Again, sound off in the comments with that for a chance to win your prize. 
Now, moving on to TV news, Adam Strange cast for Sci-Fi's Krypton show. And Robert wrote, do we care? I gotta tell you, I'm gonna give the Krypton show a chance, just for the fact that it's a Superman story, but I mean... They don't have powers on Krypton. So I want to answer your question, yeah. Robert. No. No. Do so, not care. So here, I care about episode one. So here's why I'm, I asked that question. Why do we care? Because it seems like when somebody does outside of Gotham, which I I don't know how it still survives, not being in the uh, CW era, the, you know, the Flareverse. Um, I don't know how you do this show on sci-fi without having... Realized you have a Superman, you have Supergirl. Hi, Nick Masoni. How do you do this? How do you do it? All right, guys. So make sure that you guys write down in those comments. Uh, tell us who did Flash kill to win that Blu-ray. Uh, but moving on to some other news of the week. Have you guys heard that Thor Ragnarok is the most anticipated movie of the fall? I have. Do you buy that hype? Ah, I don't. I mean, I'm pretty, I'm pretty hyped to go see it. It's a threequel, though. Like, how much are you really expecting out of characters that you've seen this month? Oh, wow. Anthony, what a cutie. Yeah. I see how it is. We all know. Just because I look like a butch lesbian doesn't mean I don't get some love from the fans. But, (laughs) so, I gotta tell you, Thor looks like it's gonna be a fun summer movie. Somehow set next to Thanksgiving. Yeah. That's like the vibe that I'm getting from I'll take it. But the marketing push, man, they're dumping a lot of money into this because, movie. Because, I mean, like, think about it with the Thor movies in the past. You haven't had, they haven't, they've done well, but they haven't done really well. And so I think with this being Thor Ragnarok and Taiko Atiti, and it just seems they're like, okay, we've got the Hulk. They're trying to put as much as they possibly can to say, like, this is a movie you want to see. We got, you know, see this movie. Forget see it Justice now. League, man. Yeah, it's uh, like, forget Justice League. Oh, Thor is the movie you're going to... Oh, wow. You're just going <laughs> to... Anthony's I just like... I won't allow it. I will not allow <laughs> I it. I forgot about Justice League. The week that Justice League comes out, I'm basically going to be, like, cheerleading on this show. Like, go see Thor! <laughs> I cannot wait for this movie, though. Uh, I got to tell you, it looks fun. The fact that it's going to be the shortest Marvel movie at only 90 minutes gives me some hope. I don't really care about Thor that much. I hope this is more of a Hulk-centric movie, if I'm being honest with not you. Good, not going to happen. Yeah. <laughs> Savitar, ain't it? Yeah, Jamie, you win. You won the uh, Passionate DVD Blu-ray. And uh, moving on, I'm going to do some more prizes over the weekend there, but I just want to give away the big prize here, which is the George Perez signed Infinite Crisis Death of Supergirl. And to uh, to win this one, tell me what does Hal use to charge his ring against Sinestro in the Sinestro Core War? What does True Hal Love's Jordan Kiss. Use to charge his ring against Sinestro in the Sinestro Core War. We do that, and then we have one last set of prizes to give away here. A nice little firestorm pack. But uh, moving on to some trailer talk. Did you guys see the trailer for a movie called Downsizing? Yes. Nope. I think that actually looks interesting. So it's a Matt Damon movie. It's With Kristen, oh Christoph boy. Waltz and Christoph uh, Christian Waltz, Wig. So oh, I didn't see any trailers, but I saw some like promo stills. Yeah, so yeah. basically this is like uh, there's a way to like change overpopulation and stuff like that. You shrink yourself down. Like, honey, I shrunk the kid style, and you live your life at like an eighth of an inch tall, and they build these giant like mansions and everything, and your money translates to small. So, like, that, You're for example, a in the tra- yeah, That's like awesome. they had $55,000 in the trailer, and she's like, that translates to $12.5 million in the mini land and stuff nice. like that. Mini and land. then, like, these people, the tall people carry you around in your little house and stuff like that. It's hilarious. But it looked like an interesting movie, and you don't see a lot of like original premises that come out nowadays. So that was like one of those out of left field movies, little indie film that I'll definitely be checking out. Yeah. Um, Jason well, Jason Sudeikis is in the film. Oh, nice! It I have to just talk about real quick the fact. Did you guys we, see it? I I've watched some clips from it in bright that. daylight. Like literally went outside <laughs> my apartment in the sun to like make sure that no one you realize could even, like, tap that's on when my window. Or that's anything. when he comes you, to get, get you. you. It, right, it is the daylight safe. in which that happens. Yeah. So we were talking last Friday, and we were like, "Oh, it's going to open to like a hundred million dollars." It opened to a hundred twenty-three million dollars. That's bananas. That is insane for a horror movie. Like, do you understand that? Like, The Conjuring opened at like fifty million, and they were like, "Wow, that's insane." And that's huge. The Conjuring can't get out. Opened to like, I think that's the, the next closest. But that was absolutely crazy to me that it opened at a hundred and twenty-three million. That is more than most superhero movies do on an opening weekend. Like mm-hmm. the hype for that movie and it's kind of it's predicted to win again this weekend with like 60 that's like it's not gonna have much of a drop off which is really really crazy to me um but yeah did you see it i've watched you clips. it's scary as hell to me <laughs> it man. was scary as hell was it really it that freaked, bad like i have no fear of clowns 
but I do get really scared during horror movies. Like even if they're bad, I like jump scares will get me every single oh, time. Mm-hmm. Creepy music, creepy kids will get me every time. Big yeah. drooling clown with a mouth that's just too big uh, freaks me out. You know so who I, that, that movie scared the piss. You know out who of the me. actor is, right? I yeah, guess the Scar from Scar-Gard. Hemlock Grove. Hemlock Grove, but it's like it's like so evil because he has other brothers. So his other brother, his other brother was. Uh, Eric Northman in True Blood. I'm forgetting his name. And his dad, Stella Skarsgård. <laughs> Eric Selwick. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Dr. Selwick from the <laughs> Thor movies, which is going to be interesting. That's awesome. So it's like, oh. And his, oh, yeah. and, and gotta, his, and his, and his other brother's been on, uh, his other brother's been in Vikings. Yeah. The CTV the show. He's, they're all over the place now. They're like uh, Baldwins. Yeah. It's <laughs> like, are you a Skarsgård brother from Sweden? <laughs> Corbin yeah. and Luis, it was, not the, it was not the Indigo Lantern or the Yellow Lantern power source for what how Jordan used to charge his ring. It is a one-off. You'll never see it again, but it was a really cool moment. I told you, it's true love's kiss. And last thing to give away is this amazing Firestorm first ever appearance and the new 52 Firestorm issue number one that came out. And to win these, tell me who was the Firestorm in the Blackest Night series? Who was the Firestorm? Not Deathstorm. Who was the Firestorm? I need the names of both parts of Firestorm in the Blackest Night series. So now we want to move into Anthony's Pull of the Week, where we talk about the hottest comics on the shelves going out. Now, last week I had the Superman issue number 29, where he becomes part of the Sinestro Corps. But Anthony, I hear you have a much better. Forgot about Superman. Did you read the Oz Effect? Oh, of course. Okay. Can we talk about Oz Effect? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Let's talk about that real quick. So we've been misled for the past year. We all thought that, like, oh, the Oz Effect is going to be Ozzy Mendez going into this because we can't wait for Doomsday Clock and everything. I kind of hope it was. Spoiler alert, spoiler alert. Five. Four, three, two, one. Mr. Oz is Jor-El. Jor-El. I knew it. See, I'm I kind of, I hope that it's the Golden Age Jor-El and not just like the Jor-El that we because all know they, and love. They had been dropping hints and like some of the things I've been following, they had been dropping hints that it might be a Superman character. Yep. And I was for what? And I was like, it was like, it was like, is it Lex Luthor? And thinking like this, kind of playing that. Okay. It's Jor-El. And then you got. Zod is kicking around over in Supergirl, so it'll be interesting. To the whole L family's out and about. Nick Mason, uh, that movie Mother looks weird to me. Like the previews don't give me much to go based off of, and I'm not one of those creepy cult movies anyway. Is that with Jennifer Lawrence? Yeah, yeah. it's one of those weird Harvey movies. One of, She's probably gonna be like I, a virgin I, I sacrifice to some Scientology. Cult. I cannot stand Jennifer what? Lawrence. Oh, dude, no, she, no I, she's I, one of those people that can't emote. Watch I just me hate human her. talking. This is how humans creak. Why is that human leaking? Like I just can't buy into any of these. No, I think she. I think she's really good, and I think she's really fun. But it's. I, I think for this movie, um, I think it's just. It's different to like outside of the, uh, you know, the Hunger Games movies and the X Men movies. Like she's kind of been hit or miss. Well, I think Nick she was says the worst part. She was like one of the worst parts movies. of a. Uh, she's one of the worst parts of X Men. She is one of the worst parts of X-Men. I'm kind of sad that she's coming back for Dark Phoenix. But uh, 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 Darren Aronofsky movie, I, that doesn't really matter to me. Every director's got the ability to make a crap movie. I mean, it's just like, how many times am I going to see, like, the cult leader going crazy to the girl that didn't know that he was a cult leader? They've made that movie, like, six times. I don't think that's the way that the movie... The way that I think that movie Mother is going to play out is it's all in somebody's head. Well, the, that, that's the... the, Jacob's the ladder scenario. Like, you will remember where you were the first time you saw Mother. Yeah, that's... It's like, yeah, because I walked out like I want to kill myself. <laughs> yeah, because this is where it's like... I'm thinking they're going Memento or, Memento or Inception on this route. So I don't... That's where I think it's all in somebody's head. That's just me. I haven't seen the movie yet. It's just my opinion. Is there any movies that you guys are hyped up for other than Kingsman? Thor I, I went three. and saw American Assassin last night. How was it? Is that, that the was one a with hot the... garbage fire. They just recycled. Was that the one with Michael movies. Keaton? Yeah. Well, it's got Michael That's Keaton, t- uh, it's Taylor Keach. Did you ever see the movie The Hunted with Benicio Del Toro? Yeah, and, and it's Tommy that Lee movie Jones. with a nuke. Boo. It's that exact movie. Like, he has to go after the you. old CIA guy that takes in a guy, and then that guy turns, and he has to hunt him down. No. It's literally Michael Keaton's the, the villain now, right? No, no Michael Keaton's the, the guy that trained to, Taylor yeah. Kirch. Oh, all right, cool. Taylor Super Kirch. Troopers, Super Troopers, that's a Super supper. Troopers too. Yeah, that's going to be hilarious. That filmed all around, literally uh, where we are, uh, Lewis. That filmed all around us uh, here in Beverly and Hamilton. So really excited for that one. Heading into Oscar season, though, now we're going to start getting a lot of like the Oscar bait movies. It's like Twelve Years a Slave Part Two and. 
Amadeus. Part two? <laughs> 24 years a slave? 24 years a slave. Like, but then, I don't know, there's not a whole lot of like tentpole movies left for the rest of the year. I'm just excited that we're going to be it's getting... Ten, you have your, oh, you, I mean, like, we get we get episode... Episode 8. eight. I mean. We get episode 8. We have Thor. Um, and Justice League. And Justice oh, yeah, League. Justice League. So, yeah. <laughs> huh. Hey, Anthony, it's really shady over there on your side. It's a little hot. It's a little hot. <laughs> First person to guess my favorite Lantern Corps will take home shelter number Great. one. Uh, yeah. No. But, all right. So, uh, my poll of the week this week is Dark Knight's Metal issue number two. Tell us a little bit about that. Did you guys story. see it? I, I haven't seen two. Okay. Yet. So, Batman is on this mission. Nobody knows what this mission is all about, but he's taking magical artifacts and godly artifacts, and he's got the Joker kidnapped, and he's just trying to figure out this thing. He's working with uh, uh, Hawkman's old journals, mm. where because Hawkman's an archaeologist in the mm. story. Um, and this is about the, the, this is about the he's chasing nth metal because he's chasing some sort of thing that resembles nth metal, mm-hmm. and it opens the door to what they're calling the dark multiverse, mm-hmm. which is just a shadow multiverse where everything is just pure evil. And this story is going to set up basically it's a it's a company wide crossover, but the focus on the villains are evil Batman from all over the dark multiverse. Yeah, so this one the first evil batman that you see is the batman who laughs and his three crows uh, or maybe there's four of them um but it's just an evil like snm looking batman with just this creepy stretched out joker smile because he's the joker in his universe but he's batman and he has all like these weird zombified robins that just crow and hang out and lurch and just rip people to shreds it's pretty it's pretty messed up for uh for uh you know a comic book, but it's done by Scott Snyder, art by the great Greg Capullo, who, you know, mm-hmm. did Spawn and Batman and stuff. You should really check that out. It is some dark stuff. No, because, it, I mean, like, I thought that the Batman metal uh, was supposed to lead into Doomsday Clock. No, that's what no, I'm they're, they're two, like, major stories that are happening concurrently. Okay. The timeline, it's comics. Put one first, put the other one first. It doesn't really matter. Okay. Um, but yeah, that, it's definitely something worth checking out. I mean, just to have Scott Snyder and Greg Capullo together again is worth mm. the three ninety nine. Just so you go, you guys did not get the uh, Lantern Corps correct yet, and we're just gonna do two quick little questions, then we'll get out of here. So for the Blue Lantern pop, if Anthony would like to Van White that, uh, the question for that is who is the second Blue Lantern? Who is the second Blue Lantern to win that? And then lastly, tell me my favorite David Tennant role to win this Emmy screener full season one of Jessica Jones on DVD. Tell me my favorite David Tennant role. We'll be checking the comments for all of these to make sure you guys get your prizes. But I think that is, is going to wrap Casanova? things up. Was it, it is it not Casanova. Is it Barty Crouch? So remember, for Firestorm, it is who Barty was Crouch. Barty Crouch Jr.? It is Barty Crouch Jr. You, you, like, you're an idiot. you better hope that nobody comments. That. I wanted to win it. There you go, my friend. Anthony wins. So Anthony takes that home. So, so what is what, what's his second favorite David Tennant role? <laughs> um, and why is it Doctor Who? No, Anthony really wins. I'll, I'll be fair with it. Um, so for the Firestorm, make sure you tell me who was the Blackest Night Firestorm. For the Blue Lantern Pop, make sure you tell me who the second Blue Lantern was. And for that coveted, coveted set, George Perez, tell me what did Hal Jordan used to charge his ring against Sinestro in the final fight of the Sinestro Corps. I'm excited to see if anybody's actually going to get that one. I'll tell you off air. But that is going to wrap things up, so I will be checking all weekend and giving away tons of great comics all over the Nerd Herder page this weekend, so make sure you tune in. and Check back next week for the Get Your Geek On podcast, where our guest will be Michael Zapsick from the Comic Book Men. For this week's episode of the Get Your Geek On podcast, I've been Chuck Ewoks. I am Robert Dokes. And I'm Supergirl's boyfriend. And yes, this blade glows blue because orcs are near. Have a week, guys.